Oh, fearless freedom means being secure enough in who you are to allow others to disagree with you. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting, thrilling, enthralling episode of Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. And today, today, my friends, we have Jerry Fu with us. So, Jerry, you got to tell us who you are and all of the amazing things that you are up to. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, my identity includes things like a uh, musician and salsa dancer and a traveler and the lover of foods and cook and friend and brother and um, pharmacist and a leadership coach with an, with an emphasis on conflict resolution. So yeah, my time is spent uh, split between my day job, side job and dancing and whatever else uh, keeps me saying oh and lover of books yeah love books too so yeah okay to name a few wow things. that's a that's a lot that's the naming yeah. a few there and you have quite a bit there and so <laughs> we love hearing stories we love knowing the backstory and so mm -hmm. i am curious how does a pharmacist become a salsa dancer <laughs> years <laughs> of struggle years of struggle and failure honestly <laughs> Yeah, that journey was a long and winding one, much like many things of growth in my life, but that story specifically. Um, so the pharmacist part started when I got a C in organic chemistry and I just said, well, I still want to do something healthcare and I'm afraid to, for, of the embarrassment and shame of getting waitlisted or rejected from med school. So let me pivot to pharmacy before I have a chance to get disappointed. So that's how I became a pharmacist. The, <laughs> the, the salsa dancing side came from... Um, yeah, my freshman year in college, they uh, had a spring formal theme around salsa dancing. And so they said, hey, we're going to teach a courtesy lesson so everybody knows how to do this. It was a terrible lesson, but we didn't know, uh, you know, <laughs> because we had none of us could do it either. And so when we tried it, it, we just said, this is hard and frustrating and boring. So we're just I'm just going to I must not be very good at it. So I'm just going to shelve this forever. And so when I started pharmacy school, actually, um, a friend of the person who was trying to start the salsa dancing scene in Memphis, where I went to school, said, oh, you got to give another shot. Like, that's not fair to, um, you know, just uh, to to axe that uh, interest so quickly. So when I was halfway through school and my grades had kind of gelled and solidified a bit to where I had more time to kind of do other activities. I said, okay, let me put some real money into this and see what happens. And, uh, by the end of school, I 
had gotten semi decent at it and started to really enjoy it for myself until I until I graduated and I moved to a city that uh, didn't have salsa dancing. So I just got rusty. And then uh, when you get rusty, you lose confidence. And then when you lose confidence, you just don't want to try because again, I just didn't want to feel like I was bad at it or I, was, I didn't want to embarrass myself. And so, but I still missed it. And so. I would still take trips here or there to like salsa dancing conventions and just get intimidated by all the dancers out there. And then uh, I moved back to Houston uh, 12 years ago um, just for a different challenge at work. And uh, still, like, even with more opportunities to salsa dance in Houston, I was still very much, uh, it was still a dormant skill at this point because most of my friends were into country dancing that I'd met. Uh, when I first moved back and it wasn't until about eight years ago when I started to get to more, know more internationals. And one of them in particular, Venezuelan friend, said, Hey, there's a free salsa dancing event downtown. Uh, you should, nice. you should join us. And I said, you know what? It's been a while. Let me, uh, let me see what I still got. And, um, I tell people all it took was one skilled, pretty blonde. I said, I got to dance with her. <laughs> and then I said, oh, I was locked in. I said, okay, I got to throw every move I can on the dance floor. And I'm just, you know, and uh, at the end, she gives me a hug. And I just, oh, that's why awesome. did I stay away that's from this awesome. for so long? I said, Aww. okay, I'm back. And uh, that's beautiful. Consumed <laughs> a hobby in my life ever since. So, yeah. Oh, that is, that is beautiful. Thank you for sharing that story. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so, you know, it's from Memphis to where was the interim place? Uh, I was in Knoxville. I was living at home with family uh, after I graduated. Um, okay. Because my mom so, said, so, so... hey, move home. Yeah. Move home, like work for the stable company and like mom oh, will I have see. her life plan uh, implemented into your life and you will like it. Of course. Yes. And you, you must do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's all good. Yeah. But wow. So that's quite, that's quite the journey. And, you know, I love how, you know, you talk about, you kind of talk about fear uh, mm -hmm. a, a little bit inadvertently there. Like you talk about how you have this, you have this fear of not excelling at something, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I saw where it popped up when you said you had a C in organic chemistry, which by the way, um, does not exclude you from becoming a physician. Just True. FYI. <laughs> True. <laughs> just, just, just FYI. <laughs> yeah. I rejected myself yes. before they had a chance to reject this, me. This is what yeah, I'm saying. Absolutely. This is it. You like, you gave yourself a, a barrier that was probably unnecessary, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, because, uh, I mean, I'm sure that you're excelling in, in, in pharmacy and, and that is a very needed, um, field, right? Cause I know I rely on my pharmacist. I'm always calling like, can you dose this Keflex for this kiddo? For me, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I don't want to yeah. mess it up because it's a kiddo. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that you did go into pharmacy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you good know, pharmacist. It's, Absolutely. it's all good. It's all good. Uh, yeah. But I just thought it was interesting that, you know, the, the pathway, like the fork of the road for you mm -hmm. was when you said, you know what, I, uh, I'm seeing this, this potential where I'm not going to like be top of my game, or I think I'm not going to be top of my game because it probably would have been fine. Um, mm -hmm. you know, but you're using that as your, your litmus test to like take a different road, which I find fascinating. Mm -hmm. Right. And then yeah. the next time that you, you mentioned fear, or you even alluded to it mm -hmm. was when you had gotten into the groove in Memphis and you were taking all the classes and, you know, mm -hmm. you're really improving in your skill set. And then you had this hiatus and then you went back to it and you were just kind of like, 
you went to conventions, which I thought was amazing. You know, uh -huh. like you went to conventions, like you, despite your fear of like uh -huh. not quote unquote, you know, having the skills anymore, um, you still went to conventions with people of varying degrees of ability, right? Uh -huh. And yeah. exposed yourself to the culture, to the skill again. And mm -hmm. I think that's really brave because, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times when we fear something, we don't tend to go to things that will expose that fear even more. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so that, that was, that was amazing. And that's very mm -hmm. inspiring. And yeah. it is so, um, it's so like neat to hear you say that, you know, it's a facade and like, but you know, the, the universe has, is, is still compelling you to get back to this thing. Right. Cause obviously mm -hmm. it's something that you love to do. And so it's, it's compelling you to get back to it. You're kind of resisting a little bit and then mm -hmm. puts this Venezuelan friend in your, in your midst. And then you are like forced to go in there and then throws in a very beautiful blonde woman for you to dance yeah. with. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> that is just awesome. So, mm -hmm. you know, I yeah, thank you for sharing that story because I think that um, oftentimes we do, I mean, we face these fears in our lives and we just don't ever really see ways around it. And mm. despite your fear, you still, you still, you know, enveloped yourself in, mm -hmm. in this love of yours, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. so awesome. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell people it, you realize, you don't realize, um, what it actually takes to enjoy yourself until you've you've gone through it and i mean i'll tell people i actually mentally took a step back right even at these conventions there was one convention i went to not even the first one i went to i just got so intimidated by all the other dancers there i danced with one girl the entire weekend like i would go to workshops during the day but then during social dancing i would just be like no like i'm not in sleeves at all instead of learning to accept where I was as a dancer and then remembering that it doesn't matter how skilled you are. It's more about how much fun can you have because you learn after the experience that it's women don't just go, Oh, he's got all the moves. I want to dance with him. It's like, he's fun. Like I want to dance with him. And so a fun beginner is going to get more attention who stays engaged and makes his partner feel like the, the prettiest woman on the dance floor is going to get a lot more um, attention than uh, an insecure intermediate that like has some moves, but feels like he doesn't have it. So um, yeah. And, and I can tell people, Hey, as long as you're like intermediate level and you have a fun attitude and you know how to dance to the level of whatever partner you're dancing with and you maintain eye contact and you smile and you and you and you basically have this attitude of we're going to have fun no matter what you think you're going to you're going to win the day oh love it love it love it love mm -hmm. it that sounds so fun like i want to go to a salsa convention i don't even know how yeah. to dance salsa yeah start somewhere <laughs> yeah just start learning that's all i can oh do my gosh. it does sound like a lot of fun and it so is. now um so that's a that's an amazing amazing um hobby is it your hobby or is it your passion? oh it's it's a very consuming hobby yeah 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 consuming there's, hobby okay All there's right, there's, there's uh <laughs> yeah, there's people that wonder like are you gonna join a team are you gonna are you gonna oh, you know, do some competitions dance, and, I, and yes. I said you know I'm flattered um but I know what kind of burnout lies on the other side I, I mean I've seen oh, friends do teams and okay. so it, it's 
it is a great idea. I've done some choreographies before and it, and it's, there's nothing like that performance high and, um, it's still not my biggest priority. Uh, gotcha. it's, a, it's a high priority for sure, but, uh, not to the level that I would commit to like putting time in to do, uh, be on a performance team or, or inter competitions okay. or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. But it's okay. okay. Yeah. I know right, my space. That's cool. Yeah. 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 Hey, <laughs> It is definitely good to know that because yeah. nobody wants you to be taking something that you're passionate about and then end up burning out from it. That's, that's not the goal. So yeah, sure. it's good that you're, you're aware of that. Okay, cool. You know, so now you have to tell us, how did you get into coaching? Like, how did that come about? Yeah. Yeah. So the first statement I'll make is that leadership saved my career. And okay. I, this is a little more of a winding journey. Much, not much, much, uh, many parallels run with uh, the dancing journey. And so, yeah, um, again, a lot of fear, a lot of fear of, of embarrassing myself. And so, right, my mom had never worked a day in her life in pharmacy, and but moms know best. And so she's, when I was ready to graduate and we were talking about career options, she said, hey, work for this chain pharmacy for 20 years or so and bank away money aggressively. And then one day you'll be able to get to do what you want. And you know, I don't want you to struggle or suffer the way your dad did with when he was trying to find gainful work with a master's in chemical engineering that didn't work out. So he got a master's in uh, computer science that also struggled to again, find gainful work. And eventually you know, it just wasn't the career that he envisioned for himself. And so she said, you know, I don't want you worrying about your next paycheck. You know, this is the stability you need to have in your life. And while I can appreciate the intentions behind that sentiment, um, you know, I'm the one realizing, well, what am I, what is that stability costing me, right? Mm. When I have to work every other weekend, when I can't go salsa dancing because I'm too busy mm. working, I don't have a social life, right? And so at one point I got complacent and just, you know, when I had some really flexible scheduling at one uh, particular store I said oh I know how rare this is I'm afraid to leave it and so I'm just going to stay there but then I transferred stores anyway and then I was unhappy again and so um, mm -hmm. when I was deciding to look for another job the best I could do is leverage my connections to uh, get a teaching job at a or apply for a teaching job at a uh, pharmacy consulting company here in Houston and um, you know, convince them to take a chance on me. And of course, my parents are like, what are you doing? Like, this is a part-time job. You're trying to earn your way up at a company we've never heard of. And you're walking away from full-time uh, benefits and hours and pay. And plus, you just earned a third week of vacation. Like, why would you walk away from this? And I said, it doesn't matter if I earn a third week of vacation if the other 49 still stick. Like, I, mm. <laughs> you know, it's not a good trade-off. Wow. Um, but that's only, I didn't tell them that directly, but. I'm sure you, <laughs> you know. didn't. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you're still alive. Yeah. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah. And you learn not to talk back to your parents even when you after you turn exactly. 30, right? Uh, and so, yeah. And then that's where the journey got really interesting because um, I got uh, I got fired 11 months later from the job I moved to Houston for. And, you know, it was my mistake. I, I wasted, I ultimately threw away the opportunity. I just wasn't serious about getting the job done because I was, I was still in this idea that, oh, you know, this task is too challenging for me. I got intimidated by it. And, you know, let me come up with the story that should justify why I didn't get the job done. And uh, you don't learn this until you learn it the hard way that, you know, successful companies and successful people don't give you excuses. And this company would not tolerate them. And so, yeah, it gave me more than enough chances to, to kind of redeem myself. And I didn't, 
And so, yeah, they said, okay, nope, we've, we've exhausted everything we can to get you, um, you know, on board with what we know you need you to do. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to part ways. And so that's where the, that's the first wake up call. So boom, I didn't appreciate that at the time, but I know now just how valuable that was. The second reality check was uh, stumbling into a job where four of my paychecks bounced filling for crooked doctors. And um, not only, so yeah, not only was I jeopardizing my license, I was not even getting paid for it. And again, how do you confront the boss that's clearly ripping you off? This isn't in the manual they give you in life, right? And so after months of chasing down paychecks I shouldn't have had to, and just in this really bad cycle, um, I leverage my network again and say, okay, you know, here's a more legitimate company. And they say, hey, we like you, but we can't pay you more than eight hours a week. I said, okay, so what do I do? And they said, well, if you're willing to, you know, drive to Austin, which is two and a half hours away. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you can get more Please. hours. And I said, okay, beggars can't be choosers. And I could end up at worse cities. So I'm, I'm yeah, Austin's Austin. pretty nice. This is, yeah, <laughs> 10 years. So this is 10 years ago now. And so, yeah, you know, I was feeling lonely and I just, you know, was trying to get some semblance of a routine. And I just said, I don't know what my life is going to look like. It was a great work team, but I just struggled to feel like I belonged anywhere at this point. And, um, this summer was key because some friends of mine who run a pharmacy leadership nonprofit said, hey, um, we need a facilitator for our leadership uh, meeting because one of our facilitators backed out and we know you've been facilitating material on the fraternity side and, you know, we need help here. Can you step in? And I said, absolutely. So teaching leadership did something in my head where I, before I just said, oh, leadership is hard. You know, I hate confronting people. I don't like failing at difficult conversations. So I'm just going to stop right. Much like my dancing. It's like, I don't like feeling like you know, I'm incompetent at this. So let me just stop. And so now, and before I just said, oh, I'll never be like, I'll never be a good salsa dancer or, you know, I'll never be a good leader. And, you know, again, like you said, you know, we put, I put the ceiling on myself. Like no one else is saying this, or even if other people are, the most important one is that I'm telling myself I'll never do that. Yes. And so if I put my own limits on, I'm the only one that can take them off, right? And so um, I said, well, what if I could be a good leader, right? I saw it modeled for me. I saw it brought up the best in me. And I said, okay, you know, this guy that I partnered up with, Michael Negretti, I will sing his praises forever because I saw his blueprint and I said, oh, he's fun to learn from. He's fun to be around. He's a tireless worker. He never uh, beats me up for mistakes. Uh, he, we learn from it. We move on. You know, he's very creative. He's very collaborative. Um, I think I can incorporate these qualities if I'm going to be a leader. And so when a full-time manager position in, in Houston opened up that fall, I said, yeah, I've got to gotta take on the challenge. Can't stay safe. I'm ready to sleep in my own bed again. And so yeah, <laughs> I come home, like I thought again, just this very short sighted, oh, I finally have a routine and a store that's convenient to, you know, my house and, you know, I, with the company, I think is going to be stable. And I proceed to get ridden up the following year because my technicians are not pulling their weight and I am not writing them up or firing them. And so now mm -hmm. management says, their behavior is a problem and your passivity is a problem, right? Because I just wanted to give grace, right? I wanted to give grace to the boss who was ripping me off. I wanted to give grace to these technicians who were, uh, you know, acting up and everyone else around me is just like, Jerry, like, he, like your boss is accountable to the money he promised to pay you, right? These technicians are, are accountable to the responsibilities they're being hired to, to honor. Right, right. right. There's a, there's a, that's, not, that's not without grace. 
And so like accountability does not mean you're withholding grace. In fact, it's a form of grace. Yes. And so again, you know, very humble lessons and just recognizing, Hey, you know, uh, the first time I convinced, you know, one of the problematic technicians to leave, that was more lucky than good. Right. <laughs> it was just like, I didn't really fire them. It was just more of like trying to convince them that maybe they're better off trying to find another job. And uh, so while I was on probation, the company had their funding pulled. And so I said, well, you know, oh my I was gosh. anyway, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a, it's a long journey. <laughs> and uh, the only reason I get uh, an interview with my next employer is that I have leadership experience on my resume. So as I said before, leadership saved my career, right? It opened up doors I wouldn't have had otherwise. And these jobs were like icebergs in that they lasted a year or two, usually at max, because the business models just weren't sustainable um, oh, against like bigger competitors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just oh, hard. Okay. Like I was at a, like that job that I had that I, I landed after leaving this other pharmacy that had the funding pulled, right? It was an ancillary practice with an internal medicine clinic. Very safe job, but the margins were super, super small. Oh, tight. And yeah. Yeah. Oof. Like I, I, like I, I made 50 cents on a Z pack, which barely paid for the label, you know, on the, on the Z pack itself, right. salary or overhead. And uh, the doctors, after seeing these margins, aside from struggling to convince more patients to use their pharmacy, Right. Um, or associated pharmacy uh, said, okay, you know, we're just going to stop this. So that job only lasted 11 months. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. After my previous employer went under, after about two years, uh, after, with like insurance audit trauma, um, I said, well, you know, I'm tired of dealing with insurance contracts that dictate what I'm worth or dictate what I can make uh, for my clinical services. I, you know, I'm tired of trying to uh, beg doctors for scripts to send to my pharmacy. Uh, but I love people development, which I'd consistently done uh, since I started 10 years ago. What if I tried to make a career out of it? And again, just very scared of rejection and failure. Uh, so it was just like a hobby occasional, right? And it'd be like, can you pay me, you know, would you pay me 50 bucks to, you know, lead a workshop for you, right? And just like completely non, uh, you know, nothing close to what the value is for skill time. Yeah, yeah $50 is like so underballing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> just... 
Yeah, it's pathetic, really. And, you know, and but we all go through that. We're always like, oh, yeah. wow. Imposter syndrome. Like, we have that where you like, feel yeah, like. I, I would feel guilty if someone did. I, I wouldn't want someone to charge me that, right? And it's just like, oh, no, maybe there's a better way. And so I uh, got some real coach training after a couple of years. And okay. right as the pandemic hit, actually. And then by then, so between that, between turning 40 and seeing the pandemic hit, I said, you know, how much longer am I going to put this dream off? So yeah, October two years ago, filed the LLC, got the website up, opened the bank account. And then, nice. you know, first year, again, just try, struggle, fail. And you realize your fear of rejection isn't helping your bottom line. So, you know, what are you going to do? Where do you find? Yeah, money? you got to keep going. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. <laughs> and uh, yeah, fear, your fear of action does not keep your business uh, sustainable, right? And so first year <laughs> private tutoring is what, you know, covered most of my expenses. And okay. I appeared on 70 or 80 podcasts. Yeah, talking about fear. Uh, the funniest yeah, yeah. thing was when I got on Podmatch, right? Initially, I was just like, again, yeah, just so afraid, you know, of applying to podcasts. And they're like, here's a match. You should say something. And I'm just yes. like, oh, I don't know. And what's funny is um, I left my account alone, like dormant for a couple of weeks. And they get, send me an email and they say, hey, um, you know, if you're not going to be active on this for, and they, if apparently three weeks is their flag, they say, you know, you haven't been active for three weeks. We're just going to cancel your account. We're just not going to use our service. And I wasn't paying any money, but I was just like, oh crap, you know, I need to, that's right. You know, I, I, that was the, that was the, that let me was get the wake up my call. Butt. So, yeah, let me, let me get a pitch and let me just send it. And, you know, plenty of no's, but plenty of yeses. And yes, um, I mean, yes. that's why we're here, right? I, I yes. gave a pitch and you, you liked it and we're here. And uh, so, yeah, so now that I have an accreditation or a certification through International Coaching Federation, that started to open up doors and find the coaching platforms. And so, uh, yeah, I'm in this weird flux right now where I still it's, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, revenue is heading in the right direction. Uh, but it's still hobby money right so you have this balance like well I want to celebrate this and at the same time like it's still not enough for me to justify cutting back to part-time with my job let alone quitting it and so um yeah you know so that's where I went to coaching because I know I wish I know what kind of training or you know accountability or support system I wish I'd had to kind of you know take strip away the limiting beliefs strip away the fear strip away um, these things and so turn around and say hey you know I know what other uh, Asian leaders are dealing with when they first start out in their 20s and 30s um, maybe maybe they're willing to hire me to make, make their make their journeys a little more bearable a little more um, you know tolerable or just to, to given the confidence to respond well to the challenges that are that are inevitable in their lives Oh, that's wonderful. Love it. Yeah. And so now you have to tell us how can people get in contact with you? Sure. You mentioned sure. a website. You mentioned a website. So now you have to like say the name <laughs> and spell it out. So of course. Case, you know, someone's listening, they can write that down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the website that I spent plenty of money on <laughs> to put up there <laughs> is uh, www.adaptingleaders.com. And uh, if you want a specific guide, that I give away for free, um, you know, because I'm conflict diverse still, right? But I have a system in place now that I use to compensate for the fact that, you know, I am conflict diverse and I don't want to, re- you know, regress into bad habits. You can do adaptingleaders.com forward slash guide, G U I D E. And so, awesome. yeah, please download that. Uh, let it pay dividends, read the story, read the framework, and uh, see how that helps you uh, maybe change your trajectory just even the slightest. And so um, through your website, they can also hire you if they 
if they feel like you're a good match for them? Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. They well, can, I mean, that's they, the goal, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's again. I'm not. I'm not. I may not. Come be on. Coach. That like, is the I, goal. I need, to, I, I need to. I need to warn people. Like, I mean, because you don't want coaches that'll be like, oh yeah, I can help everybody. You're just like boring. Yeah, well, no. I mean, true, it's but... always gonna. Yeah, it's always gonna be someone you feel that is like you said, somebody is gonna be that's a match for you that you is gonna be able to push you through that that yeah. comfort zone stumbling yeah. block right because i mean yeah, yeah, you yeah. said it yourself you were like oh yeah you know i was in this position i was like really comfortable and i thought i'd arrive mm -hmm. but it wasn't until you're like forced into your discomfort zone mm -hmm. that the yeah. most growth happened right and so sometimes we need someone to push us through there so that we Absolutely. can get to that that final you know that uh, that goal the ultimate goal a lot faster than us doing this you know meandering pathway gives you mm -hmm. that nice direct route right so yeah, yeah if someone's listening and they're vibing with you absolutely i don't see why yeah, they wouldn't yeah. hire you i mean yeah, right well, I mean, yeah well rejection is a part of life right i mean a lot, a lot of people and again this is just part of us as humans but we might get inspired by an idea and they're like oh yeah i like that and then you're like all right you know uh is this just a warm fuzzy or are you actually going to put some skin in the game right and that's and if they say oh you know what i just you know what i thought better of it and i'm just not going to like and rejection is just a part of life, right? It's just, you just realize, yes, you know what? Yes. Um, let me get, let me get some yeses. I do need yeses and like, you know, money in the bank to keep this thing, you know, afloat. But at the same time, I also understand like the majority of people will say, hey, you know what, Jerry, you know, great story. I'm, you know, I'm rooting for you. And that's okay too, right? Uh, tell, tell somebody about it, right? Um, yeah. Or if you're not sure. We'll hey, take referrals. You, yeah. We'll take yeah, referrals. You can, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, if you don't, if you <laughs> if don't If I'm not know, for you, I will, I could yeah. be for your friend. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or yeah, you know, schedule, you know, you can schedule a complimentary 30 minute call through the website. Just say, hey, you know what, let me just experience coaching for myself. And even if you just want to take that 30 minute session, say, hey, you know what, I like that. And that's all I need. Hey, that's great. You know, glad I blessed you. We want to be generous. Right. Um, or just read the free blog where I highlight other podcasts or, you know, author life hacks and other fun stories and, you know, summarize interesting leadership literature as well. But yeah, so all the good stuff happens at adaptingleaders.com. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn, but the magic happens at the website that I invested so much into, you know, let people know about me. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Love it. Love it. See, that wasn't so bad, right? Self-promotion. No. You could do it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like me. Listen, I'm, I'm speaking Fancy. to like myself at the same time, yeah. because like, you know, that is like when you are somebody who is a high achiever, like this is the hardest thing for you to, to promote mm -hmm. yourself. Right. You're you, you never, you never say all the things that you've done. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if someone else would be, the, would be more apt to say it than yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I think part of it is because of what you mentioned before, like you do have a little bit of imposter syndrome and you just like, yeah, I, I'm good at what I do, but I don't know. Maybe someone might think I'm not. And so I'm just not going to mention that. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, oh, well, you know, as soon as you like ask him for money, like now they now now you feel like a, like you've been like faking the whole time. Like you really just wanted to do this for money. Like you didn't really want to get to know me or my challenges. It's just you just want to be like, hey, hire me. And it's like, well, if I believe in my service, why wouldn't I invite people to hire? Right. That, that's not a bad thing. It's like when I, again, parallels to dancing, if I like myself as a dancer. Hey, let me ask a girl to dance. And it's okay if she says no. Maybe she's tired. Maybe her feet hurt. Maybe, you know, maybe she's a beginner too. I've had that happen where I, it was my own perception of how good a girl was. And then as we're about to dance, she tells me, she's like, oh, by the way, I'm a beginner. And you realize, oh, 
like I built myself up and, you know, I was telling myself a completely unverified story about how, whether or not she would actually dance with me until I asked her. And she said, yes. And I just said, oh, well, I, you know, again, uh, there's plenty of no's. Some people just, you know, no, like, and that's yeah, just like yeah. well, that kind of stung, <laughs> but uh, right. you realize that doesn't, it doesn't change. Right. Before you right. say, oh, God, I must not be good enough. She must not think highly enough of me or whatever. And now you're just like, really? It's like, I'm sorry she feels that way. Right. I'm sorry, right. you know, that it's, you're going to lose out on a on a dance with me because, you know, I, I'm pretty I'm good. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Yep. I love it. No, that's great. That is great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. You shared some really good pearls today. I really appreciate it. And I know that the Fearless Freedom Tribe definitely appreciates this conversation as well. You know, we are at that point in the show where we do our tradition. Are you mm -hmm. ready, Jerry, for the tradition to fill in the blanks? Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right, cool. All right. The first one is, if I am fearless, I will. Mm -hmm. If I'm fearless, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward with this business so that I can actually um, have more free time to do what I am, to invest in relationships and activities that are meaningful to me. If I'm fearless, yeah, I got to do, I got to get this plane off the ground. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Let's get that up in the sky for real. Yeah. All right, cool. And then the next one is to me, fearless freedom means. Oh, fearless freedom means being secure enough in who you are to allow others to disagree with you. Oh, that's good. That's a good one. And then last but not least, my battle cry is. My battle cry. Only one way to get better. Awesome. 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 Well, that was a fun interview. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. We appreciate you. Mm -hmm. And tell us the website again so they know where to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, www.adaptingleaders.com. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for yours.